from Tokyo, Japan, and Changsha, China. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Des Morgan. So, how long have you been back in China now, Des?、Uh, let me see, just over a month. Maybe six weeks, I think. Really? Wow, time flies. So, are you all settled back into the routine in China? I am finally. But you know what? I had the worst jet lag ever for about two weeks after getting back. I think it was the worst I've ever had. They say the older you are, the worse jet lag becomes. Ugh, maybe that's it. I was constantly waking up at 3 a.m., and no matter what I did, I just couldn't get back to sleep. Yeah, that does not sound like fun. Do you think it had anything to do with the route you flew back from Scotland? Which route did you take anyway? It was a long journey. The first leg was on Emirates from Glasgow to Shanghai via Dubai, and then the second leg was a domestic flight from Shanghai to Changsha. Oh, that does sound very long. It sure was. And I had a lengthy stopover in Dubai. Oh, and how long was the layover? Six hours. Not, not bad, but I just hate layovers. Although, I would imagine that if you must lay over somewhere, Dubai International Airport would be the place to do it. How did you spend your time there? Well, I took advantage of the free Wi Fi and I did some research on airports around the world. Sure, why not? And what did your research uncover? Well, interestingly, the first thing I found was that there was some disparity between the different sources I looked at. Yeah, that always happens. And that's why you always need to surf the internet with your critical thinking cap on. So, according to the most up to date statistics I could find, In the month of February, the Hartsfield Jackson International Airport in Atlanta was the busiest airport in the world for both domestic and international flights. Atlanta? I wouldn't have guessed that. But now that I think of it, it makes sense. It is the hub airport for Delta Airlines, after all. And Dubai was the second busiest, and Haneda in Tokyo was the third. Haneda was the third busiest airport in the world? That is surprising to me.、Uh, why is that? Well, until recently, it was mainly only used for domestic flights and shorter flights within Asia. Most international flights coming into Japan would land at Narita. Yeah, I remember that from the time I lived in Tokyo. As you are well aware, Skip, but perhaps some of our listeners are not. Haneda is much easier to get to than Narita. Yeah, significantly easier. Yeah, I mean, it was always a bit of a pain to take that 90 minute Narita Express to the airport when you flew internationally. Well, all of that has changed a lot. You know, in the years leading up to the 2020 Olympics, Haneda was opened up to more and more international flights. And I think it was in early 2020. ANA or ANA moved all of their US bound flights from Narita to Haneda. Cafe Pacific and Singapore Airlines both fly into Haneda now as well. Yeah, yeah, that could be. All I know is that the sky over Tokyo has never been busier. 
There is a constant stream of jets flying overhead on approach to Haneda. It didn't used to be like that. You know, Skip, I could jump on the high-speed train from Changsha to Hong Kong, then hop on a short flight to Haneda, and we could be having a pint together next weekend. I'll have to investigate that. Or vice versa, I could come and visit you. You could. Well, let's talk about that later. We really need to get into our report for today. Just let me quickly finish telling you about my airport research. Okay, go for it. Which airport in the world do you think has the largest footprint? Meaning which airport covers the largest area of land? Yes. Hmm. Well, I would think it would be one of the more rural airports in the US where space is not at a premium. I'll go with Dallas-Fort Worth. That is not a bad guess. Dallas is in fact third on the list and is spread out over 69.63 square kilometers. Second is Denver, which is almost double the size of Dallas at 135.71 square kilometers. Hmm, and in first place? The world's largest airport is a gargantuan 776 square kilometers in size. Oh, huge! Where is that airport? It is the King Fahad International Airport in Dammam, Saudi Arabia. It is so big that within the airport complex is a residential community accommodating 3,000 people and a mosque with space for 2,000 worshippers. Well, that is very interesting. I'm not sure that I would want to live near an airport though. And living inside an airport, well, that would be out of the question. Might be a little bit too noisy for me. <laughs> How true. Is that the end of your research? That is the end of my what I learned on the internet while on a six hour layover in Dubai. Sorry if that went on too long. <laughs> Not at all. It is a good segue into our topic today. And what story are we talking about today? Today, we are going to be taking a look at Air India's recent order, actually record-breaking order, of new aircraft from Airbus and Boeing. Ah, oh, yeah, I read some headlines about that. So let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with Air India's shopping spree. How does this sale compare with previous large orders in the aviation industry? And why does Air India want to buy so many planes? Like I said, I did read headlines last month about Air India making a large purchase of aircraft. But I didn't realize that it was record-breaking. Well, let's start there with some numbers. In February, Air India ordered a total of 470 narrow-body and wide-body aircraft valued at a staggering $68 billion. And they placed that order with both Boeing and Airbus? Yes, and the deal has the potential to expand considerably if Air India exercises their options to acquire another 370 aircraft from both plane makers, taking the total size of the order to a whopping 840 aircraft. 
840 aircraft. That's huge. Was this first initial order evenly split? I mean, did they order the same number of aircraft from each company? Yeah, it was fairly equitable between the two manufacturers. Air India ordered 250 aircraft from Airbus and 220 from Boeing. Uh, not quite even, but hey, very close. It looks like Airbus came out with the slightly better end of the stick, I would say. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Although Boeing received an order for fewer planes, the total value of the deal was split roughly 50-50, with about $34 billion in sales going to each company. Well then, a profitable day in the office for both companies, I would say. It sure was. So let me get this straight. 470 planes for $68 billion. Initially, yes. My immediate question would be, how is Air India going to pay for this? I mean, I assume that Air India, like every other airline in the world, is facing financial hardships from the impact of COVID travel restrictions that were in place over the pandemic. There is no doubt about that. Tata Sons, the parent company that owns the airline, posted Air India's losses at $9.23 billion in 2021 and $1.25 billion for 2022. Uh, uh, wait a second, did you say Air India was owned by Tata Sons? I thought it was owned by the Indian government. No. In 2021, the government sold Air India to Talis Private Limited, which is a fully owned subsidiary of Tata Sons, which is the parent company of the Tata Group. <laughs> I was not aware of that. But one thing I do know is that the Tata Group is India's largest conglomerate. Oh, I didn't know that about Tata Group. What industries are they involved in? Pretty much everything. The Tata Group has more than 25 subsidiaries that span a wide variety of industries and sectors. IT, aviation, food and beverages, electronics, chemicals, real estate. Okay, I get it. It, it is a conglomerate. Interestingly, Tata Motors is India's largest vehicle manufacturer and the owner of South Korea's Daewoo, commercial vehicle maker, and the UK's Jaguar Land Rover. Well, that is interesting. And even more interesting is that Air India was originally founded by J.R.D. Tata in 1932. He later went on to become the chairman of Tata Group from 1938 to 1991. So, in one respect, this is kind of like a homecoming for Air India, going back or returning to its original owner. Yeah, I agree, but we've kind of gone off at a tangent here. However, that does explain how Air India was able to get backing for this deal with such a big conglomerate behind them. Sure, that would help a lot in securing financing. But industry experts say that Air India will probably use a wide variety of financing mechanisms to pay for all of this. My second question about this mega deal would be, is this the largest order of commercial aircraft in history? In terms of value, no. Emirates ordered 150 Boeing 777s in 2013, 
in an order valued at $76 billion. And that would have been $2013. So adjusted for today's dollar, that deal would be higher. And how about in terms of the actual number of aircraft? They purchased 470. Yes. In that respect, it is the largest in history. Prior to this deal, there was an order from American Airlines back in 2011 for 460 aircraft. That deal was valued at $38 billion. So Air India's order is larger than that by 10 planes. And was that deal also split between Boeing and Airbus? It was. American Airlines bought 200 Boeing 737s and 260 Airbus A320s. However, those were all narrow-bodied aircraft, whereas this Air India deal, they're purchasing both narrow-body and wide-body airplanes. And that kind of leads me into my next question. Why does Air India need so many new planes? Great question. It's all part of their transformational plan called, and I'm not quite sure about the pronunciation, but I believe it's Vihan AI. This plan was put in place last September by Air India's new CEO, Campbell Wilson. Vihan AI? Yes, and it's a fitting name. In Sanskrit, Vihan means the dawn of a new era. And this plan calls for increasing Air India's market share domestically by 30% and expanding its international market share over the next five years. Well, all of that sounds very ambitious. International air travel, it really is a cutthroat business. What about domestically? Who is Air India competing with on that front? An airline by the name of Indigo. I'm not familiar with Indigo. Oh, really? Indigo is India's largest airline in terms of the number of passengers they carry. And they also happen to be the largest LCC, or low-cost carrier, in Asia. However, this new order means that Air India's fleet will overtake Indigo's, which operates 300 aircraft. What you're saying then is that Air India is going to be giving Indigo a good run for their money in the next few years. It certainly looks like competition in India is going to be heating up, and not just domestically. Many analysts are saying that with these transformational changes, Air India can challenge other Gulf carriers, Etihad, Emirates, and Qatar Airways for longer-haul flights. And in the process, try to make Delhi a regional hub. <laughs> well, that sounds like a tall order to me. I mean, those are some fairly dominant airlines with an awful lot of money behind them. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. At present, Indian travelers do use these three airlines a lot when traveling abroad. But if Air India ups their game and can compete with them with their modern fleet and high-end services, well, the future does indeed look promising. Very true. And on that note, I think it is time for you and I to get D2V down to vocabulary.
Do you find down to business English helpful in your English studies? Consider becoming a D2B member today to learn and retain even more words, phrases, and expressions used by native English speakers in professional situations. What do you get with a D2B membership plan? First, bonus content in the form of exclusive members only D2B episodes. Second, expanded D2V or down to vocabulary episodes that accompany each public episode of Down to Business English. Third, full access to the entire library of D2B audio scripts, all the way from Season 1, Episode 1, to our most recent D2B episode. And on top of all of that, D2B members receive automatic email delivery of audio scripts for recently released episodes. No longer will there be the need to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into your account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. Interested in becoming a D2B member? Visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page to sign up and start enjoying these benefits today. And I will get D2V started with the expression vice versa, which means to do something in the opposite direction or the other way round. In the story, I mentioned that I could quite easily visit Skip in Tokyo. And I replied by saying, or vice versa. By saying this, Skip was communicating that the opposite way round would work as well. He could come and visit me in China. Vice versa is a very useful expression to use when you are arranging your schedule with a coworker or a client. You might say, hey, we could visit the factory in the morning and then head back to the office in the afternoon or vice versa. I always have my coffee first in the morning and then breakfast, never vice versa. Really? I just have coffee. I don't eat breakfast. Ooh, that can't be healthy. <laughs> I know, but I'm not a big eater in the morning. Well, not me. I get really cranky if I don't eat something. Anyway, I'm sorry, what is our next word? Let's take a look at the noun footprint. Footprint has a couple of different meanings, but the way it was used in our conversation refers to the area occupied or taken up by a building and its surrounding land. In the story, I asked Skip if he knew which was the world's biggest airport by footprint, meaning the airport that occupied the most land. Footprint can also be used to state how much space something uses. For example, how much memory or disk space a particular piece of software takes up. Computer games today have a huge footprint to accommodate the complex graphics and game-playing options. Oh, a staggering amount. Modern games can have a footprint as high as 100 gigabytes or even more. That is a staggering amount. And the adjective staggering is our next word. Oh, nice segue, Des. It was, wasn't it? As an adjective, something that is staggering is unbelievably large or overwhelming or shocking. The verb stagger is also a common word which means to walk with difficulty, 
It's as if you're almost going to fall down. I think that's where the adjective use comes from. You can picture someone staggering in disbelief at how big or overwhelming something is. It's so vast or astonishing, they might just fall over. In the story, I reported that the aircraft order from Air India was a staggering $68 billion. In other words, Skip almost fell down when he heard how big the amount was. I didn't almost fall down, but it is an overwhelming amount of money. It is. How would you use staggering in a business context, Skip? The recent failure of Silicon Valley Bank in California was staggering. It went from being a healthy financial institution to being shut down by US regulators and going into bankruptcy in a span of 10 days. That is staggering. How in the world did that happen? My understanding is that SVB had just gotten a clean bill of health from KPMG, one of the world's most reputable accounting firms. Well, that was in February. That's true. And we will be reporting on it on D2B very soon. Good idea. You know, we should absolutely do that. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. Very good to talk with you today, Des. Thank you so much for joining me. It was good speaking with you too. Hey, and thanks for that report on Air India and their staggering order of aircraft. You are most welcome. And to all our D2B members, the bonus vocabulary for today's show will be in your members-only feed within the next 24 to 48 hours. The bonus vocabulary will include the words disparity, equitable, backing, and the expressions to exercise an option and to go off on a tangent. If you are a member and are not subscribed to your members-only RSS feed, just visit the D2B website, log into your members accounts page, and copy and paste your feed into your favorite podcast platform. That's right, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Overcast, whatever platform you use, paste it in there. Our website address is downtobusinessenglish.com. That's down to businessenglish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Bye bye. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there. Skip, Des, or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.